I've always wanted to be an architect. I always wanted to be an architect. Oh my God. I have always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. I've always wanted to be an architect. The following audio presentation was recorded during a recent video interview and facility tour filmed shortly after the opening of Resilient Retreat. Look for the full video at theshimgroup.com. Well, hello. We are here in our final episode of our new podcast this season, first season. This is a really, really cool episode, hopefully. And we started off a year ago where uh, you were actually our first, our very first interview. And the whole idea sort of of the podcast, which is called Always Wanted to Be an Architect, was to really talk about the relationships that architects and our clients and, and the people that we work with are and to show the listeners what that was about. And in truth, you were sort of the impetus to create the podcast in a way in the first place because we had this incredible project and we had created a wonderful relationship and experiences and it just sort of gave us the idea of, hey, let's, let's, express this a little bit differently, right? Well, that's a huge honor. Um, <laughs> well, actually, it is what is an honor is that we are now, a year ago we talked about, we had an interview, right? And what we said then was that, okay, we were going to do 10 episodes or 10, 10 different interviews. And what's an honor now is, is that we are sitting here rather than just talking, but we are doing a video. Right? We're in the you, space. <laughs> well, you bookend our our entire podcast. And that is special. And the reason it is is because of how special I think this project is and how our experience has gone. It's exciting to end our season in this way. And I've said, you know, I, I've listened through the podcast and I, I find them interesting and I think they're really cool. And I hope the audience finds them interesting as well. But I will say that if nothing else comes out of this entire experience of creating this podcast. Being able to, one, present you guys and for people to see and learn and hear about this project, if that's all that comes out of it, I'm good. Like, I think that's, that's great. So here we are. And it's pretty cool that we are, uh, that we are talking about this. So the way that I thought this could work, where in the first episode that you and I talked uh, for our podcast about, we pretty much discussed the design and we talked about our relationship and we talked about how the process went in the front end. Now, here we are. We're in the living room, actually, <laughs> and it is built, right? So this podcast is really meant to show the viewers and now, or listeners and now viewers what it means to take it all the way through. Right. Not only just from a project standpoint and seeing the, the work, but also from an experiential standpoint and our relationship and how an architect and in this case, a founder of a nonprofit really created that, that whole process. So welcome, Dr. Sydney Turner. Thank you. Uh, thank you again <laughs> for doing this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This is, uh, this is fun. I, I will say, as I've always said, and that's sort of the, the point of all of this, in my opinion. I feel like we're practically family yeah. after building a center <laughs> like this and during a pandemic and with hurricanes. Yeah. It's been since 2019, but it really 
you know, when you go through stuff like that, that level of trauma together as a group, I feel like you really develop like a family bond along the way. So I'm grateful for that. Well, us too. And it has been a fun, like I said, but just enjoyable. I mean, you know, fun is one thing, but to have it enjoyable and to even go through some of the hurdles and go through some of the challenges and come out feeling like, okay, it was still enjoyable is great. Unbelievable. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here's what I was thinking for this uh, little podcast of ours. The first thing I was going to do is ask you a big question. All right. Then I'm going to ask you three questions specific to our experiences. And then I'm going to ask you to give us, I'm put you on the spot a little bit, even though I gave you a little heads up on this, three different spots, architectural moments, details, whatever, spaces that really stick out in your mind. And then we'll go visit those places. So that'll give the audience an opportunity to not only see how the project came to fruition, but also we can talk and I'm sure there'll be stories and things that we'll talk along the way, okay? So here's the first question. Yeah. We're now sitting in the living room, right? From the first episode, we were just talking about it, like I said earlier. How do you feel? <laughs> Aww is the best <laughs> word I can use to describe it. I mean, it's really amazing to have this kernel of an idea and then to work together collaboratively to really blossom this entire garden that we have here of buildings that are really helping to heal our community. So gratitude, awe are the best words I can use to describe Cool. And, you know, and we've, we've said this and I've said this before. I, our job as architects is to create something not for ourselves or even potentially not for the owner sometimes, but for the people that it's going to serve. Right. And I hope, I think we have achieved that here. And I think that's pretty amazing. It, just for, for a purpose in our lives as architects. That's about as good as it gets. Totally, totally. (laughs) Same for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right, so now that we've gone through this, what was the best thing about this whole experience? I think the best thing about the entire experience is you always hear these horror stories about builders and architects and designers and, and how people are fighting the whole time, even under like perfect conditions, right? But, you know, we went through this building process during like a very historical moment, meaning a global pandemic that we haven't seen in over a hundred years. And, you know, we had a hurricane hit us right before our grand opening and did some, you know, significant damage around the retreat. And I have to say, in all the ripple effects that all of those things cause from supply chain issues mm-hmm. to permitting issues to whatever, but I, I think what I'm happiest about is that we work together as a team. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy in times like this to have circumstances like that divide us. And in, in fact, I feel like it brought us all closer together. And we had a really good, um, you know, working relationship as a team. Together. No, we did. And we've said that from day one, that that sort of was the, and that was the goal, I think. I think that's how you set it up from the beginning in terms of the contractor and us. And we all really work together. So I, I agree. And it, it was, it was um, it's what, again, a project should be. Everyone should have that experience, every project, any development. Um, and, and not just that. us working together as a team, right. as a construction team, but also us working together as a team with the community and mm-hmm. getting community feedback. And then you being open to having that community feedback, because sometimes that wasn't easy to right. make those changes that the community was offering us. So it was really a very collaborative project. It's often easy to lose sight 
as you're going through all of those things and they keeps throwing things at you, whether it's a pandemic or a hurricane or whatever, it's easy to, to go off, off track and go, it would just be easier if I didn't deal with every, everybody else. Right. And I just came here and did my thing and, and you did your thing. And we always, all of us always stayed true to that purpose. Right. So I, I agree. I think that's, that is a great thing. So what was the worst part? I think I know your answer. To this, I, I mean, I definitely the worst part was all of the barriers that we faced building in. I don't know if you've ever had a construction project like this, but I mean, there were a lot of unusual barriers that we faced from everybody I've heard from, from, you know, engineers to contractors have all said that there's been unusual circumstances that are not typically part mm -hmm. of a project. And I think those were caused from the circumstances we are experiencing in our world. Yeah, and that I we mean, had no control over. <laughs> no, I, 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 so more specific, I thought you were going to say permitting. Yeah, well, like, no, I mean, permitting was, like, was a big <laughs> issue, but I think that that was related to absolutely. the pandemic. So I really see the pandemic as the source of the issue mm -hmm. and the and the hurricane, and less so the permitting itself. Right, right. No, yeah. you're right, and 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 no, none of us could have predicted that, obviously. And um, it's just it's something that we had to keep sort of moving forward on and figuring it out. So, all right, so now that we're here, right, and we're, and we're in the living room of the main residence or of the main building, um, which has residences on both sides, how has the, you know, people have been able to walk in now, right? The community, donors, patrons, people have been able to now see it versus when before when we were talking, it was just talk, right? And it was just a vision and an idea and design and we went through it. Now that people have been able to come in and see it, how has the community reacted or had ideas or have you changed anything along the way as you've gotten more in input? How has that impacted the final result? I'm really glad you asked that. So since we have moved in, which hasn't been that long, but right. since we've been in here, <laughs> we've hosted a number of programs here. Um, and I specifically have hosted a number of programs here. And I've had consistent feedback from our participants in our program that from the second they drive into the gate, they feel like they're safe. Hmm. And when they walk around the building, they feel like they're safe. They feel like they're home. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we wanted. I I mean, say, like, which is exactly where we started. I yeah. know. So it makes me want to cry every time I hear <laughs> that because I think, oh my gosh, we did it. Because, you know, you have this concept that you want to create, right? Like safety. But what does that tangibly mean? And how do you tangibly create that? And from what I'm hearing from our participants, we did it. I mean, of course, there's going to be some people that don't feel that way, but but I have not gotten any feedback mm. that people did not feel safe and feel like they're coming home here. Mm. So that, I mean, to me... <laughs> no, and, and look, and that has, you know, that goes all the way to just the decision to raise the buildings, right? Which people, even when they're driving up, they can see that. And that yeah. gives them a sense of safety. of safety, right? Or of protection that, okay, I'm not going into something that's on ground level that other people can access, even if it's a mental thing, right? And, and I mean, that was a decision that we went back and forth on and we really discussed it a lot. A and, lot. And went back, you know, and I think that those types of decisions through the process have succeeded, like you said. I, it's been great to see and hear. So it's not an uncommon reaction, even if we bring in a donor, for example, that they will walk in the doors, break into tears, and start telling me their story. Mm. So you know they feel safe because mm. the second they walk in, they tell you what they've been through and they feel comfortable. And some, and oftentimes they say, 
I've never told anybody this story before. And wow. I say, come on, come sit and have a chat. Let's talk. Huh. You know? And and that's what we created here. It's it's really cool. It is. I mean, you know, I, I there have been moments where I have held back, I don't want to say held back tears, but I have. I've held back tears because Or cried. I've seen you cry a tear too. Don't tell them the not, truth. <laughs> I am a crier. I am absolutely a crier. I know that about myself. And this is why I keep saying that this project is a little different than everyone else or every other project that we've gone through in that there is just something about being able to work on a project that has an impact beyond just the sort of expected impact, right, of a restaurant, right? Restaurants, we, we design a lot of, okay, great, people come and the revenues go up and that's great. But this was just different. And when it, when it impacts, when you hear things like that, that people for themselves get better, you know, and for their own trauma or experiences can come to a place that just helps their lives. I don't know, as an architect and this, I'm not even trying to sound cliche that, that our goal is to make the world a better place. It's not about that as much as it's about being able to work on a project that you can walk away knowing that even that you've touched at least just one person, right? And that that person's life has become better for it. That is pretty amazing. I just don't know else, how else to say it. It's, mm-hmm. it is weird. And, and I, I don't know. And we're lucky enough to have had this opportunity to do it. And you were, you know, you've had the vision from day one to do it, but. For both you and I, it's just we had no idea sort of how this was going to end up, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and again, we're, we're here we are, we're sitting in this living room, and we just didn't know. We, we didn't know from day one how exactly it was going to manifest itself. And here we are, and it's just, you can't get any better. You honestly cannot get any better in terms of a project as an architect, as an owner or founder, and seeing it come to fruition, it just, I don't know. And the fact that we don't want to kill each other after the <laughs> end of this. I mean, no, but I mean, that that says something. Because, yeah. you know, when you watch people go through building processes, they often can be controversial yes. and can be combative. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I think that's a testament to you, yours and my personality, though, also. Like, I, you know, we we didn't go into it thinking that. And we went into it, I think, as as open-minded as we could, and we both were, and it and it worked. And we were a team. We worked yes, together absolutely. instead of seeing ourselves as adversaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm going to, again, put you on the spot a little bit. What are your three, and I have my three, as you know, but what are your three or four or however many you want to give me moments or architectural elements or spaces in this building mm-hmm. or in the whole campus, actually, because it is... It's actually a campus of um, sort of uh, four different buildings, three buildings that are attached with a canopy, and one uh, we call the barn or the community center, and we can talk about that maybe a little bit later. It's a pretty expansive little campus in a way, and there are a lot of moments, and it was actually designed that way. It was meant to have a lot of experiences because that was the that's part of the mission in a way, is to give people chances to have different experiences based on their own trauma or own experiences that they've had to either get away from that or to have an opportunity for something new or whatever. What are your three top? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, 
Well, I think definitely if we were to go outside and be around the, all the wraparound porches that mm-hmm. are around the building. So we know for trauma, one of the biggest um, helps that we can do is go outside in nature. It helps us regulate our nervous systems. So we knew from the beginning that nature was absolutely critical to what we do here. So we incorporated that in the entire design. And so the wraparound porches that go between the buildings Mm -hmm. and the rocking chairs outside, which are also soothing for the nervous system too, just really create this space that's like, I don't know, you're in like a little Mm -hmm. safe little bubble here. And I really love that. And what I love about specifically the outdoor spaces is that all the beams and everything are exposed. And we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before, that that was intentional. We wanted to create the beams and have all the screws showing because we really want people to feel welcome to show up here authentically just as they are. No need to cover or hide or put on a facade of of who you're trying to be. You're welcome here just as you are. And so I, I thought that that was like beautifully done, a beautiful representation of of here. I don't know if you have anything. Very deliberate. No, th- those were very deliberate, right? Yeah. I mean, that was a real design choice from from day one to be as authentic and to be as honest and to be as um, exposing in a way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To give people that opportunity to feel comfortable to do that themselves. So that was that was part of the the design. All right, well, those are two. Well, yeah, that's one. Oh, that's one. I see that. Gotcha. I see that as that's one. the outside. Great. Yeah, that's the outside. Um, in terms of the inside, you know, the living room and the kitchen here, I mean, you can see it in the shot here. It's just unbelievable. And we did an art competition and had artwork hung up here from community members that have been impacted by trauma. And so it just creates a wonderful space that just feels very warm, welcoming the beams on the ceiling. I mean, we spent a lot of time, the placement of the windows, how each placement is like a a picture of the outdoors. And I just love that. It's like a living picture that changes every day. And every time you look out that window, you might see something different the next day. We spent how much time on those two windows in particular, right? And how to treat that fireplace. Yes. But at the end of the day, our goal from day one was always to connect what's going on inside the building to what was going on outside, right? Yes. And to have the the environment be part of the experience that people are going. And I mean, you chose this 85 acres of conservation land, you know, to house this uh, building on. Mm-hmm. And that in itself gave us sort of the impetus to go, okay, how do we really maximize that opportunity? And, yeah. and as wherever you are in the, in the buildings, even within the rooms themselves, there are windows located and specific design decisions that give people that opportunity to see. And this even goes back to, they always know where they are, which was part of the mission too, or part of the concern, let's say, from the beginning as to how do you create a safe space? Mm -hmm. And if you always know where you are, that's obviously a a safe feeling. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the idea behind those windows or behind everything as to where, you know, how do we create that, constantly throughout the entire project. Exactly. Lastly, but not least, is our community center, which we call the Gathering Place, which is after named after a dear friend of mine, Jim Roke, who passed away during the project during, yeah. of the design. Um, and that space is just truly remarkable 
the sound barriers that you put in that room and the wraparound wood, you literally feel like you're being wrapped in a hug when you walk in that room. And I've had so many people say that and that you're in a safe little cocoon when you're in there because of all of the sound reinforcement that's happened there. So, I mean, it just, I want to cry because that space is named after Jim and Jim was like known for being the world's best hugger. So it just like so serendipitously worked out that way because I had no idea it would end up feeling that way. And people say that. I feel like I'm being wrapped in a hug. That's great. In this room. Hmm. Well, we'll end there. How about when we walk around, we'll end in that space because it is a special place. And and it's funny you say hug because it sort of stems from huga, right? (laughs) And that was part of the concept behind the interiors of everything. And that space in particular really does um, embrace that concept. So that's that's sort of perfect to end there. So, okay. Well, why don't we take a little walk? Yeah, let's check and, it out. Uh, check everything out. Cool. All right. So here we are in the dining room, which was uh, not only a dining room, but also a commercial kitchen to be able to cook for a lot of people, up to maybe a hundred people at one, at any time. Yes. But we really are here at the, at one of your favorite moments, right? Which is the fireplace, but also the windows. And even as I'm standing here, again, we talked about how we were always bringing in the, the outside in, but as you stand here and you look around, you can always see the outside, no matter where you're at which is great. Yes, and the benefits, not everyone's a nature person in terms of wanting to sit outside. So the great thing about having all these window placements is we're bringing the nature inside so that anyone can access it at any point. Right, no, it's it's great. And the idea really was to make this feel like your home. Yes. Right? I mean, everything from the furniture to the booths to to the materials to the flooring, it really was about trying to make people feel like or give people the, the the sense of being at home and comfortable. That's exactly our goal. Yeah. One of my favorite spots. That's no, very, very cool. Wow, Baron, look at the beams outside here. This space really just communicates authenticity, old Florida charm, and sitting around and having a cup of tea outside in a rocking chair to me. <laughs> no, and that's and that was the goal. And everything from the furniture to, um, you know, being able to sit in rockers versus chairs to even, and I've always, as you know, I've always liked this detail, that we set these railings back very deliberately so that people can actually sit on this side and, and have a moment yes. and look out onto the, to the lake or just be in their own world. And that was very deliberate versus normally you put them to the, to the outside or against the, against the edge. So everything really was thought through. And again, the, the honesty of what you see in the beams and the wood and the concrete and the steel. As a matter of fact, if you notice it's raining and if you can listen, you can actually hear the rain. The little pitter-patter. The little pitter-patter. And that's because the metal is exposed and it's meant to do that. It's meant to be really expressive of reality. And, and that adds a nice charm. Yeah. It's, you know? And it's just a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we are at the community's gathering place. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, and, you know, it's meant to look like a barn. It is. Because one of the environment, but also because... There's something sort of cozy about being in a barn, mm-hmm. right? And that's what uh, that's what we really wanted to design and and have it come across as. So why don't we go inside and take a look inside? Yes, I love this space. 
every time I come in here, I want to sigh, just a big sigh of relief because <laughs> it is really like being wrapped in a hug. Well, and that was the intent, honestly. Well, actually, you sent us an image from the very beginning <laughs> of this sort of, I, I think it was actually a Danish room yes with all wood yes and that was sort of the the inspiration for this space and then it became okay what are the different finishes and how do we design it and and that is what you got <laughs> there's a lot built into this room even mm -hmm. down into the floors there's actually padding in the floors that you can do exercise classes in here there's soundproofing throughout the entire room yeah. um, that really gives it that cocoon like sensation when you're in here and then obviously of course all the beautiful wood details around that really give it a warmth that you don't usually see in Florida a lot which makes it no. unique yep and it's it, it, like you were saying, this could be used for yoga, could be used for dance, could be used for therapy, as we see with the chairs that yeah. were set up here. Yeah, so we had it set up for a support group-like right. setting, yep. This space is, has, has its real foundation here at this place, I think. And this is actually my favorite place at the retreat center. <laughs> I love this space. Good. <laughs> well, I think uh, this is a great place to end this podcast. And uh, I thank you again. I really do. And uh, it has been a wonderful experience. And I look forward to actually our relationship and our friendship going on forever. Of course. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I thank you again. And uh, it's not goodbye. It's I'll see you soon. No, no, no. It's to the next, to the, the next, next uh, podcast, right? Or to the next time. Thank you all for listening. And I, uh, I hope you tune in to I Always Wanted to Be an Architect podcast. It can be found on, on different platforms. And uh, thank you, and I hope you enjoyed it. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast as much as I enjoyed interviewing our guests. This was a great season one, and we would love to hear from our listeners about any thoughts you may have about what you've heard or ideas for season two. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you next time.